ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Eliza, I've been bewitched by you since we met. I propose we marry. Ugh. What is it? Zara is cancelling her subscription to the streaming service we're on. It's getting too expensive. How will she stay entertained? ABC iView. It's got drama, comedy, kids' shows, and it's all free. Well, what if we pay for her subscription? We could sell Winchester. It doesn't work like that. ABC iView. Always free. Always entertaining. Remember that feeling of falling in love? Sometimes it can feel like it transcends space and time and that it will last forever. But we might need to start thinking about love less like poets and more like scientists. Researchers are discovering more and more about how love influences us. And it won't come as any surprise to you, I imagine, to learn that it does very weird things to our brains. Adam Bode is a romantic love and human mating researcher from ANU. Adam, welcome to Life Matters. G'day, Hilary. Our listeners are going to be so fascinated by this discussion because I think it's something all of us have thought about, but none of us, I guess, know much about the scientific basis for. Is there even a scientific definition of love? Uh, So there's a lot of different types of love. We have romantic love, which is what I focus on, but there's also love for your family or love for a god or love for a country or even an instrument. There's no single definition for all those types of love, although it tends to be associated with the expression of psychology related to attachment and bonds. Is it, as a scientist, Adam, is it hard to get around the way that love is experienced differently in different cultures? Uh, So that is a focus of research. Uh, Phil Kavanagh from the University of Canberra and the University of South Australia and I have collected the world's largest data set of people experiencing romantic love. And we've collected data from people from 33 different countries. And I know there's some research overseas as well that's looking at very large data sets from a cross-cultural perspective. Yeah, it was fascinating to read that apparently 50% of uh, cultures around the world don't do romantic kissing, which is a bit of a shock for someone from a culture where we're deeply invested in it. Uh, Certainly a shame. It's uh, one of the pleasurable experiences of being in love, that's for sure. Yes, indeed. Well, let's talk a little bit about what happens in our bodies when we fall in love, because I know, Adam, your research utilises psychology and anthropology and biology. Let's start at that end of things. What changes physically? Um, Sure. So something in the brain changes, which means the information about our loved one takes on a sort of special meaning. And as a result, the rest of our brain responds differently to that. There's a whole cascade of neurotransmitter and hormone changes, including dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and testosterone. And uh, we're really at the beginning of understanding what's going on in romantic love, but we do have a a little bit of an idea. That's interesting that we're at the beginning. I would have thought there'd be people lining up to study it, but apparently that's not the case. Yes. So uh, the first scientific consideration of romantic love, which I study, was not until 1978. And the ball really didn't get rolling until the mid-1980s. Believe it or not, the first funding grant that was given to study romantic love was actually revoked. A woman named Elaine Hatfield uh, received some money to do this research. But politicians in the United States kicked up a fuss and said we shouldn't be wasting money on this sort of thing. Really? Why? Um. I'm unclear. I think it's an interesting and important area to study, but uh, there is a perception among some people that it's a a sort of magical experience that uh, we shouldn't be uh, spending scientific resources on. 
Interesting. We're speaking with Adam Bode, who's a romantic love and human mating researcher and PhD student from the Australian National University. Adam, what do we know now about when romantic love evolved between human beings? Uh, So we don't know a lot. Uh, We do know that chimpanzees and bonobos, which are our closest living relatives, don't seem to display this state like romantic love. So it probably emerged after we split from a common ancestor with them somewhere in the vicinity of eight to six million years ago. Although we do know romantic love's probably a universal, so it appeared before the first modern humans did uh, 200 to 300,000 years ago. That is fascinating that it predates what we think of as our humanity. Tell us a bit more about this giant study that you and your colleague Philip Kavanagh did in recent years. What were you hoping to find out by looking at over 1,500 young people who said they were in love? Sure. So like I said, this is data from the Romantic Love Survey, which is the world's largest data set of people experiencing romantic love. And some researchers in the past have drawn analogies between romantic love and mental illness, particularly hypermania, which is a a state of bipolar disorder characterized by elevated mood and addiction. And uh, we figured out a way of measuring what we called behavioral activation system sensitivity to a loved one. The behavioral activation system is a system deep at the bottom of the brain that guides behavior. We had reason to believe it may be involved in romantic love and we figured out a way to test that and it turns out that's probably the case. So it's deep in the brain. Does that suggest it's a very old pattern of behaviour? So uh, the actual behaviour of romantic love, as I said, is only up to maybe six or eight million years ago, but the structures that are involved in it are many hundreds of millions of years old. Okay, so romantic love somehow repurposed a way that our brain already works. Uh, That's absolutely the case. And in fact, the uh, predominant theory at the moment that's just come out uh, is that romantic love evolved by co-opting mother-infant bonding. So the love that mothers feel for their newborn infants was actually replicated and turned into romantic love. That's a bit creepy as an idea, isn't it, when we look at how we think of romantic love these days? I I think it's beautiful. Uh, I I think it shows a, a common thread between all types of love. And uh, the love that a mother shows for her infant is probably the single most important state in, uh, in uh, all of humanity. And uh, I like to think that romantic love is also very important. Does it involve some of the same chemicals, oxytocin and whatnot, Adam? Uh, many of the same. Uh, do- dopamine, oxytocin, uh, we suspect serotonin and opioids as well in particular. Well, that explains a lot. We're speaking about romantic love and what science knows about it with Adam Bode, who's a researcher in this field, a historically understudied field, which which surprised me, I have to say. Adam, how did you test for whether or not someone was in love? What were the criteria? Uh, so there's a number of ways psychologists have developed to measure if somebody is experiencing romantic love. So these are called uh, psychological measures or scales. And one that we used was called the Passionate Love Scale, which was developed in 1986 and is the most commonly used means of assessing romantic love in biology and psychology. And so what kind of criteria does that involve? Um, So it's a list of 30 questions. And um, a a question is, uh, since I've met my loved one, uh, my emotions have been on a roller coaster, or I obsess extensively about my loved one, or I find uh, my loved one meets my ideas of uh, beauty and so forth. It was fascinating to read from your studies, Adam, that that you've shown that the brain puts the loved one at the centre of the person's world when they're in love with them. Is that a healthy thing? 
Um, so <laughs> uh, it's a, a matter of perspective and situation. So we know that romantic love is often associated with the early stages of a romantic relationship. And some of those relationships go on to form long-term pair bonds. But we do know that romantic love can exist in the absence of a romantic relationship in something that's called unrequited love, or it can exist many years or decades after you've uh, started a relationship. So depending on the situation, it can be, as the Greeks said, a, a great wondrous thing or bringing great despair. It's interesting too that you you looked at that early flash of love, the first two years, which is when you know the the concept of romantic love that we understand it uh, exists. How long does that being in love stage last in general? Can we put a, a time limit on it? Uh, we haven't done a very scientists haven't done a very good job of of uh, determining exactly how long it lasts, but the indications we have it lasts in the vicinity of one to two years, perhaps a little bit longer. And do some people manage to hold on to that romantic feeling for longer periods? Yes, there is a rare phenomenon called long-term romantic love. And these are people that have been married or in a relationship for decades uh, or even longer um, who are still wildly, passionately in love with their loved one. And to be quite honest, I'm not sure if that's a a good or bad experience. I can't can't imagine uh, being uh, a little bit crazy for the entirety of your life. Yeah, the energy involved seems a bit extreme, doesn't it? Really much. So what do we know about what keeps people together beyond that in love stage? Because that is a goal for a lot of people. Absolutely. And that's one of the goals of our research. We're hoping to elucidate characteristics of romantic love that are associated with relationship maintenance or conversely associated with breakup. We've done some preliminary work and we haven't been able to find anything that stands out as indicating that a couple is going to stay together beyond six months or so. I know there's been a few attempts in the literature to to do this using machine learning and other methods. And uh, that is one of the things that is quite elusive in the science of relationships. One among many, I imagine. There are a lot of elusive elements when it comes to relationships. Monica has backed up your thoughts, Adam. She says, I find this so interesting. I always felt a state of anxiety, like I was going mad and not pleasant at all when I fell in love. I much prefer the next stage, which is a settlement of the feeling into bonding. I've been in my marriage for 23 years, she says, and I love my husband. I don't miss the early stages at all. Text message is very welcome. 0418 Romantic love, says Annie in New South Wales, I felt a huge magnet in my front gut area was physically drawing me to the person. Wonderful and terrifying for an uptight rationalist. Oh my God, Annie, I have felt that too. It's so unsettling and weird. And I I would be happy not to feel that again, frankly. Uh, We're speaking with Adam Bode, who's a romantic love and human mating researcher at ANU. Adam, did you notice any differences between men and women when it came to romantic love? So not in this recent study that we've published, but we have uh, undertaken a study that's currently under review at the journal at the at the journal Biology of Sex Differences, and uh, we found generally women and men do not differ that greatly uh, in terms of romantic love. Although we did find a, a small number of interesting uh, statistical differences. So, for example, men fall in love slightly more often than women. Men fall in love slightly earlier or m- more quickly than women. Women experience romantic love slightly more intensely than men. Women obsess about their partner notably more than do men. And uh, women are slightly more committed to their partner. So there are some small differences. 
That's really interesting. Mm, okay. And Adam, I understand there's some really uh, interesting areas of research ripe for the picking. What are you most interested in exploring next? Um, so this sex differences paper that I just mentioned uh, is is possibly going to be quite informative for the science. But we, we've actually got the opportunity to investigate almost anything we want uh, coming out of the Romantic Love Survey. And we're looking at so, sort of neat, nifty things like risky driving and romantic love or creativity and romantic love. Um, but uh, basically the idea is to get uh, some of this low-hanging fruit so we can start to fill the gap in knowledge. I would very much like to speak with you as that research becomes available in coming years, Adam. This is fascinating and enlightening. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much. Adam Bode, Romantic Love and Human Mating Research. He's doing his PhD at ANU. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 